The legendary Jean-Michel Bale, here we are in uh, Bercy, uh, France. Thank you for doing the interview. Uh, I guess, let's first let's talk JT, it's back, and you're, uh, you're associated with it. Yeah, you know, it's not so long ago, I think, uh, last year, the decision mm -hmm. was made to, uh, to make JT come back. And, uh, you know, of course, it's, it's nice to, to see all the riders, you know, in Bercy, in Paris. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for, for French people, you know, uh, Ronnie Le Chien, you know, is a, is a big star here, right, you know, right. and, and, uh, and for me also, because that, uh, that make me, you know, when I was a kid, I was watching the Supercross on TV mm -hmm. and, uh, and for me it was uh, like a dream to be able to race with those guys, you know, so it's for me and for the Supercross in France, it's, you know, JT and all the, the legendary people are very important. Yeah. And, uh, and what are you doing for them? Just kind of wearing the gear, riding when you can? How much do you ride? And, and you know? Uh, I don't ride so much anymore, no. but, you know, it's just to be part of the, you know, of the thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's nice to, to see everybody, you know, like Danny Laporte and Ronnie Lachine, Jackie Vimont. Uh, it's nice to be all together again, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a lot of passion, you know, yeah. and uh, this is very good for the sports. Uh, and to pre big press conference on Saturday morning, uh, you guys are going to sort of announce it or launch it there. And I guess when they came to approach you, was it just easy for you? You were like, sure, I'm on board. Yeah, yeah, first, I, you know, I thought it was a joke, you know, because people <laughs> say, hey, JT, JT is back. I said, well, <laughs> not possible, you know, <laughs> yeah, JT yeah. is not back. Right. And, uh, and after, you know, I, I, you know, it was serious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, you know, right away I say, wow, that's nice. That's a good idea. You know, yeah, I need yeah. to be, do, to be part of it, you know. Right, right. So, okay. Uh, here we are, Bercy, of course, uh, great memories for you. You were probably the first French guy to win, I imagine, here. Uh, when you think of Bercy, is it one of your career highlights, one of your life's highlights, winning here, uh, beating all the Americans? Uh, yeah, be because Bercy for me, it's, uh, it's uh, the launch of my dream, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, like I say, when I was a kid, I was watching the race, uh, the American rider, you know, humiliate, you mm -hmm. know, all the European yeah. and French. You know, it was not like uh, winning the race. It was just finishing like two laps behind. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, very, you know, very humiliating, you mm -hmm. know. And in my head, I always say, that's not the way it should be. You know? <laughs> we, we should be able to fight, right. you know, maybe win, but at least fight for the win. Yeah. And, and from that day, you know, in my head, I was, you know, 100% sure that I, I, I will do everything possible to be able to to race against best American people to mm -hmm. win a race in Bercy. And so when I did it, you know, for me, it was like, OK, now, you know, now you, you are fighting, you know, with yeah. them. You know? Yeah. And this was already a good achievement for mm -hmm. me. Uh, when did you come here as a kid, 84, 85, 86? Were you a kid just looking at Rick oh, Johnson? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah so, okay. of course. Yeah. Right. Looking, you know, uh, Ricky and Lachine and David Bailey. And it was, you know, mm -hmm. that was for and also at this time, you know, for, for European, Supercross was new right. for us, you know. Right. Uh, I think the first race was, Bercy was in 84, and uh, we, you know, nobody see a Supercross before that, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. for us, it was <laughs> like, you know, oh, oh, we can do that, you right, know, right, we right, can right. jump <laughs> this far. Uh, you know, for every all rider, it was like, mm -hmm. wow, that's new. You yeah. Know? So, um, you know, for me, when I was a kid, you know, it, w it was very, very... Uh, uh, big emotional thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and you won the overall '91. Uh -huh. Is won, won the King of Bercy, so yes, it's finally yes. the complete. Yeah. Yeah. What a year that was for you! Yeah, <laughs> exceptional, you know, because 
you know, I of course I won Bercy was very important for me because it was nice to win in front in front of the people, mm -hmm. you know, in uh, French people. And what it was funny also that, you know, also my or all the American riders, they, they came here and they don't want me to, to win in front of my people. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. Why, that's why the racing right, yeah. was so high, you know. Right, right. So it was quite fun, actually. <laughs> um, and then, hey, I just watched on DVD the 92 season. I watched a lot of those races, your last year in America. How much, how much effort did you put into those races? I mean, you already were looking to always road racing, but was it as bad as they say? Because you were still very competitive. No, I, I was, you know, I have a lot of motivation for my, for my last year. Uh, I was riding with the number one mm -hmm. plate and, you know, my goal was to try to, to be champion again. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, some, a lot of things happen. You know, my, one of my best friends died, you know, two months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, also Pat Boulan, yep. you know, died in December. And, uh, you know, this, you know, affect me quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and also, 92, we have a new bike. Yeah. And for Honda, it was difficult to win the first race because yeah. we, we were in trouble with the bike. And uh, after, when everything came together, I started to win race. But, you know, I, I give everything I have. You, you know. did? Okay, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I did it, you, you know. know and I don't want to take, you know, I, I never want to say that I lose a championship because I didn't have the motivation mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. I lose a championship because uh, many different things, but because I was not fast enough to, to win easily. Yeah, because yeah. if... If I was able to win the race very easy, I will I will win the championship. Yeah, yeah. So you know, no doubt about it. You know, uh, Jeff ride very good years and he deserves the championship. No problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just the, the myth is that you didn't try and you didn't. No, and, and no, that's not true. Right. I try, always try. You know, when you are racing, you know, you you race to win race. Right, you know, right. I, of course, you know, my goal was to move to road race and everything, but. I'm a racer, you know, when yeah. I start a race, I want to win the race. Uh, regrets that you that you gave it up so soon, motocross? Or, I mean, no, if you no, had to do it over, no, would no, you? No, 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 because, you know, for me, uh, you know, starting road race, you know, already at 23 years old, it yeah. was quite late. Yeah. So I, I cannot wait anymore. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, my very goal was to, to be able to be uh, also a road race mm -hmm. rider. So... Yeah. And uh, even if, if I never won a championship in road race, or my best place was uh, seven, and in a race it was fourth, you know, for me it was you know unbelievable experience. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, uh, and then on the on the front side, uh, you know, you were one world title away from winning, sweeping every world title. You ever think about maybe you would have stayed one more year and won the five hundreds, and then came to America? Yeah, or, but or? no, I never thought about no. it. You know. <laughs> You know, if you look at it, you know, I won, I won, uh, I won a race in every categories. Yeah. You know, GP 125, yeah. GP 250, GP 500, right. uh, National 125, National 250, National 500, yeah. Supercross. Supercross, yeah. So, you know, I knew I, I have the ability to mm -hmm. win, you know, yeah. all championship. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was not my goal, you yeah. know. It's, so it's no problem about it. Yeah. Uh, this weekend here, back in Bercy, uh, Glover, Laporte, Machine, yourself, um, Am I missing anybody? No, I think that's uh, it. Tortelli. Oh, Tortelli, yeah. Vermont. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys talking about? What are you hanging out? Uh, I've seen you guys just, just old It's times. just quite funny, you know, to, to, be, uh, to be together again, yeah. you know. And also, you know, racing is over now. So we're just, you know, laughing mm -hmm. at it, you yeah. know. And yeah. it's, quite, it's quite, you know, good to, to be able to do that, yeah. you know. 
Uh, so, your career sort of overlapped with Jackie, but was he a hero to you? Like, uh, actually, he's older than me. Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, I was just coming when he when he quit. You yeah. know. So was we he, just crossed together. You know. But was he a hero of yours, like as a uh, French kid? Yeah, yeah, because at at the first beginning, you know, he was the first French uh, world, world champion. champion. Yep. So for me, it was a JT you know, gear too. Yeah, JT <laughs> gear. So it was like you know, it was like a, mm -hmm. a, a start, you know, a yep. start to uh, you know a point where you have to go. You yeah, know? yeah. But of course, my goal was not to be world champion. My yeah. goal was to fight against American rider because right. for me, you know, the real world champion was you know the the, the MA championship. Right. You know. uh, how much do you know Ron Lachine? Uh, Did you know much? Well, you know, it's very funny with Ron because <laughs> in '85, uh, yep. you know, when he raced the Supercross here. At this time, the only supercross track for practice in France was in my house. Oh, really? And I was riding with the ATCC at this time. <laughs> and I have a supercross track <laughs> yeah. already. Your dad uh, built you yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Xavier from Motovert yep. want to do some picture with a new bike. Okay. And he said, can we come on, on your track? Right. So Ronnie came to, m to my house. Yeah, actually. he's, he's 16, 17. Yeah, he's yeah. 17. Yeah. And I don't know, I think I am 13 or something like that. Yeah. And I'm not riding on a supercross track because I'm just watching, you know, I'm yeah. watching him, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and I'm just doing Willie, you know, <laughs> all day Willie with my ADCC everywhere, yeah, Willie. Yeah. And he came to my house and hit with my, uh, uh, we have a, 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 a dinner yep. at my house with my parents and everything. Wow. And he, he went away, but for me, you know, it was always in my head. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I came to the state, I raced with him many times and we, you know, we race, we fight. Yeah. And one day, I don't know why, I say, you remember you came to my house? And he go, <laughs> No, I never come to your house. <laughs> yeah. And I say, he's like, what are you talking about? And I say, yes, you come to my house. And he look at me and say, you were the kid with the ADCC with the, doing wheelies? With the wheelies. I say, yes. He said, no way. <laughs> and it and, and was, you know, quite yeah. funny because I never told him before because I thought he was, you know, yeah. he knew. Yeah. Then, so we always raced together funny. and he never, he never thought about this. Yeah, know? yeah. So you were riding supercross. In an, on an 80, yeah, yeah, yeah. an 85, yeah, 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 yeah which no European riders oh, were. No, yeah. nobody he was yeah. riding supercross. Your dad was a, a thinker. He was like, a, that's well, where the future know, is. I, I, I asked him maybe <laughs> 120 times, hey, we need to build a track. You know, I was taking yeah. picture here, you know, right. the jump and everything. Right, right, and I right. said, I need this at home. So. <laughs> Funny. Hey, well, uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, good luck with the JT thing. Yes. I think it's really cool and exciting. Okay. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Brock Glover, here we are, uh, Bercy Supercross, uh, the launch of JT Racing, the, re the launch of JT Racing new, uh, uh, and you're part of the team. Uh, how's that feel? What do you think about when it first came back? When they came to you, it's a Brock Glover, coming back with JT. What'd you think? Well, I always, I always thought it was a great thing, actually, because, I mean, JT Racing is such a, a big name in the sport, such a long history in the sport. Uh, it was really the, the pioneer of what current riding gear is all about. And, uh, you know, so when they, you know, I have to honestly admit there was a time when JT disappeared for a while. It, it crossed my mind of, you know, what it, oh, would, yeah. take, what it would take. Yeah. yeah. And I actually uh, had some business meetings with different people to say, you know, we could bring this thing back. Uh, you know, uh, at that point, you know, the name had been purchased by a few other people and it would have cost too much to get it back. But uh, once uh, David Dre and a couple of his partners uh, put this program together, had a few meetings with him. At first, I was eh, a little skeptical of yeah. it. And uh, after I realized these guys are really passionate about it and the reasons for doing it, uh, you know, 
for the brand and for the whole sport, it was right. It was really truly driven by passion. I mean, did it make a lot of business sense? Maybe not. Honestly, <laughs> in this econ in this economy, maybe right. it didn't make a lot of uh, business sense. But I knew their passion was there, and uh, because of that, uh, I knew you know that they would try to do it the right way, and they really have. They've come up with a nice product. Mm -hmm. uh, every you know, some people oh they're just bringing a retro look back, but you know that was. I think the future of JT at this point is more exciting even than what – I mean, as excited as I am about it now, yeah. the future of it. I, I know what's in, in, in store for 2012 and 13, and I think even it's even going to get better and some of the new stuff is going to blow you away. I think, too, what's a little bit lost is, uh, you know, I've got – my brother's got a set and mm -hmm. a, a buddy of mine's got a set. It's quality gear. It's made well. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's a high end set of gear. Um, yeah. They've done a good job. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a premium brand. They didn't bring in a, uh, an entry level product at all. It is a it mm -hmm. is a premium brand of product uh, with technological uh, innovations in there. Uh, you know, I know Moto Vert, one of the biggest magazines in France, just uh, got it editor's choice. It's their their magazine's choice of the best uh, pant, and that was a pretty exciting news to hear when we got over here. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you know, it is. It is. It's a top-level premium brand. It's certainly not a price point product. Right. Now, you, uh, San Diego, six-time AMA champion, uh, John Arita Gregory, based out of San Diego. So, for you, when you were coming up, natural choice just to wear JT? I mean, just from location? Absolutely. You know, it was kind of a hometown thing, a yeah. little homeboy thing. And, and uh, I actually, you know, started wearing JT well before I was a factory rider. And yeah. so as, as an amateur rider in the area, I was lucky enough to know a few people that knew John and Rita. I uh, went down and met them almost, you know, at that point, uh, you know, almost as a second parent uh, a yeah. group of mine. I, I've been friends with them ever since. And this was, you know, two, a year or two before I ever even signed a factory contract. So I was wearing JT well uh, well before uh, I was a factory rider. Right. You know, I feel like uh, it, it came to prominence with Hannah a little bit. And then uh, Lachine's got his bad bones and his Dalmatians. Bale uh -huh. was known for – but to me as a kid – Brock Glover meant JT. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel like like you needed some signature like Glover stuff? Like I always feel like you were the the guy that I first remember making JT cool. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was wearing you know JT well before yeah Bob was or any of these guys. Yeah. And, and I always felt like well you know Bob. Okay, so I'm right though. You're lost in the mix a little. <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit in the beginning <laughs> of it. I and and I, I always tease John Gregory because I always feel like, hey, you have kind of a revisionist history there. Like who who came first yeah, yeah. here and and, and uh, who was wearing the stuff? But you know, myself, I'm even like with Mar in my era, really. The, you know, local San Diego, the Marty Smith. You know, our, our yeah. first. You know, you know, he was first the first superstar of motocross. You mm -hmm. know, and winning the '74, '75 national champion, being a San Diego guy. That's right when I first started racing motocross. So, mm -hmm. and Marty kind of started wearing a few JT items and then continued further and further into it so right. he was even well before the the Bob Hanna and even like a Danny Laporte was well before the Bob Hanna era and then Bob went on to his own gear yeah. so it, it is kind of funny you know and I think John I always kind of chuckle at it. it's like you know there was there wasn't the long as long of a history but there was yeah. also a lot of ad campaign and Bob is winning a lot of races so he obviously deserved the publicity but uh, you needed you needed like the golden boy line well Do you know what I mean like well, that <laughs> conversation came up with uh, one of the one of the business partners here today and I was telling him about the uh, guy walked into the press conference with a set of the, a rainbow kind of a jacket a retro jacket mm -hmm. and that was kind of cool to see these people busting out their retro gear to come to the press conference today <laughs> but uh, the rainbow was I designed that rainbow Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I was telling him, I was sitting down, we were having lunch at a restaurant, and I literally drew it out on a napkin. That's funny. And yeah. handed it to John and Rita. And I said, you know, and, and 
I, I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not the most creative person, but this rainbow gear that I came out, it was, it was inspired by the colors of my boat, my new ski boat. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is really cool. Right. You know, a group of yeah. colors, kind of a rainbow thing. And, and, uh, this is, yeah, it was yeah. well before the rainbow symbol became, uh, became prominent in elsewhere <laughs> but uh, the it's the 70s man it yeah was yeah, the 70s. It was 70s. yeah about 20 years earlier yeah. or too early but uh the rainbow uh gear yeah it was actually uh it was uh, funny. funny because know that. Yeah. paul cortez who later on became the honda they drove around the honda yeah. semi it was his dad's uh restaurant that little restaurant down chula vista oh, we used to funny. frequent and uh jt we'd go have lunch there with john and rita and that's where i drew that design was on a uh -huh. napkin yeah, and unlike, again, Bailey's Flow Orange, uh, another guy that's sort of yeah. known for it. Uh, to me, your number 44 pink and blue yep. cyan stuff yep. with the helmet and yep. the chest pro, one of the best looks to me of JT. Yeah, I, I did like that. That was in the latter part of my career. Right. But uh, I think a lot of, you know, I still, you know, obviously a lot of people remember busting out the pink gear. And yeah. that was kind of wild at the yeah. time, too. Um, other people, a little bit before that, I was one, really one of the first guys to wear white. And mm -hmm. that was, uh, and funny, I, I credit John R. with uh, my old mechanic with that because he had figured out a way to, He's, you know, he was thinking one day and he decided to paint the roof of our box van all white to reflect the sun. And uh, typical he John R. Typical John R. <laughs> literally. Windex his glasses yeah, and then thought yeah, about yeah, a white roof. Windex his glasses, cleaned his glasses, Windex his fore forehead too, you know, because he's got to get the oil off. Yeah. And uh, then he walked around and he had a thermometer with a barometer and he was checking barometric <laughs> pressures and he's checking everything. So Professor was doing that right. and he would put the, t the thermometer in our truck. And then he would put the thermometer in the next guy's truck. And it was, you know, Bowens or whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would check everybody's temperatures of other truck. And the truck that he had painted this, the roof of it white was three to four degrees cooler on a hot, yeah. hot day in the Nationals. And he was always saying this. That is so funny. So, so okay. just before the USGP in eight, 1981, he says, hey, you ought to, on, during the summer here, you should paint your helmet white. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, you should get a white helmet. And you're thinking, yeah, but yeah, a white helmet, that's what people buy out of the box. Yeah, and yeah. the first thing you do, you paint it. Right. And, uh, you know, we were still running yellow and black bikes, and to paint a white helmet didn't, you know, really didn't yeah. make sense. So that was where my first white helmet really kind of came about, was to try to just during the hot yeah. summer months to have cooler temperatures on your head. And uh, then it led to the riding gear, and then it led to the uh, to the vented gear and the everything else uh -huh. in all white. And and I remember telling uh, John and Rita, I always had this idea because we were near San Diego SeaWorld, and I always wanted to do an ad. And I kept telling him, why don't you call the people at SeaWorld? I always wanted to do an ad in that vented gear and do it inside the penguin cage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I always thought that would be the <laughs> neatest ad, and it never oh, got done. Yeah. That was one of those ones that I was um, wishing. That actually, I did a podcast with John that you helped yep. set up yep. uh, maybe yep. a couple years ago. One of the best ones I've done. Very yep. interesting. Uh, yep. A great guy to talk to. Yep. Do you uh, yourself, what's your favorite? JT product, boy. Like the either colorway or the line or like. That's a good question. You know? I thought what was really cool way back when I was a young kid. I mm -hmm. guess this is when you're aspiring to be a factory star. I always thought the coolest thing is when they had their gloves that you could get custom painted to have your names on the cross. Oh yeah, yeah. On them. yeah, I don't yeah. Know if you remember way yeah. back when that you could have your name put on them. And I always thought that was the neatest thing. And I always used to get so bummed when you'd ride a Supercross or something yeah. and you'd come inside of a corner and you would hit your hand on the, they used to literally put tires in yeah, the corners yeah. and you'd hit your knuckles on the tires going through a berm and it would 
scrape the name, R- it's, run it off. It, it smudged the name, <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I just had those, just got those. Yeah. And it wasn't like today where the guy, your riding gear guy, would show up with a new set every time you're on the track. But uh, I think that was a fun one. Uh, you know, I, I mean, there was a lot of stuff, and I always thought when they came out with the vented uh, vented apparel, that yeah. was a nice thing too. Uh, and you're one of the one of the only guys, the pro guys, to run JT goggles when they came out. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, I have a house up. Uh, there was a gentleman, a couple guys that helped design all those goggles. And uh, I was very uh, involved when they were starting to get injection molding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, went from making nylon pants and things like this in Finland and bringing them in to actually the technical side of things where you're actually the injection molding of uh, plastics where the V, the chest protectors are 1000s and the 2000s mm-hmm. and these things started coming out. Um, all during those prototype designs, obviously, I was very involved in, in you know, uh, in developing those. Uh, the goggle was, you know, a natural fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and so, um, you know, I liked it. They had a neat tear-off system and some other nice designs on it. But at that point, too, you know, contracts were... Uh, kind of all-inclusive you know it's like it made a lot more sense you could get paid more money if you just did an all-inclusive contract from head Mm -hmm. to toe uh okay here so here we are Bercy Supercross Mm -hmm. you raced the very first one 1984 well good memory yes it Uh, was actually I think this is the 29th edition I think is what Xavier said same floor, same stadium. I mean, like yeah. When we were here, the stadium was actually almost brand new. Okay. And uh, one of the unique things about the stadium too is that it's uh, it's got grass on the outside. Yeah. And my understanding at the time, we did some press for it, and they had us sitting on motorcycles outside it and uh, riding up and down the stairs of all crazy yeah, things, yeah. and watching these guys mow with a with a rope and a little hand mower, and they would lower the mower down from above, and they'd use a pulley to get it back yeah, up and yeah. do it over. And I asked, why do they bother? growing grass on the side yeah. of a stadium like this and they said oh because they wanted the environmentalists were really concerned about the eye line of it and how it looked and you know they wanted to make it look more part of nature and mm-hmm. so that was it but uh yeah in 84 uh there was five americans danny uh, laporte was still based mostly over here but yeah. danny rode and then uh it was basically the two honda guys of johnny o'mara and david bailey and then the two yamaha guys of rick johnson and myself and at that point we were you know four of the top Americans, if not, you know, and then, uh, so we came over and, uh, raced the first one and it was more like a little arena cross to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. uh, It was exciting, exciting fans, crazy, crazy fans. And, and, uh, well, yeah, were they excited to see you guys? I mean, uh, it, yeah. it, we were just dumbfounded because it, and still we were laughing about it because the fans show up. I mean, it's hard to describe to the American yeah. fan. And even Jean-Michel Bale, who was here, was sitting there. This man guy brought by a chainsaw. He basically doesn't have the, the cutting apparatus yeah. on it, but it's the two-stroke engine. He has a set of a, a number plate on the thing, and he has us autographing the number plate. And it, these guys bring these things with no exhaust pipes, or they stick a megaphone where the exhaust it pipe used was, to be yeah. to make it even louder. And John michelle says, looks over at us and says, "Hey, could you imagine in America <laughs> that you could get into a stadium carrying this chainsaw?" And the answer is, "Of course yeah, not." Yeah, yeah. And they literally fire these chainsaws up and rev them full speed, and yeah. they have horns, and they have—it's so loud in there. Yeah. Even as a rider, you could barely hear because the noise level is so yeah. high. Yeah. Uh, how many years did you do it? 
Uh, you know, I don't. I have to think back. I did the first one we did in '84, but it was in springtime, uh-huh. and it was kind of in the middle of our season, which we, you know, wasn't yeah. the best for everybody. Right. And then they did a second one the same year in the nor- normal traditional fall. Yeah. And uh, the second one I think was in the early December, and then. Um, which now it's moved kind of like the Halloween weekend, uh, early, late October. But then again in 85, I think I did it again that year. And I don't remember all the years. I probably only raced it four or five because one of those years I had an injury and I didn't didn't ride because it was in the fall. I think it was late, maybe even late 85 actually. So I must have rode both 84s and 86, 87, you know, Mm -hmm. towards the end there and then – Maybe 88 and 89, I think, something. Yeah. Uh, how's things at Dunlop? Uh, your main job, Dunlop Tires. Uh, yeah. How's everything going with that? It's good. Uh, we've been real busy and uh, really working hard, developing some new stuff for the uh, the 2012 Supercross season. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's it's always a big challenge. You know, yeah. we have a lot of riders and a lot of teams, but uh, that's not so much the challenge as just, you know, you're probably missing out on some tests right now. Yeah, really, I am actually. And uh, macroeconomics and things like that. I mean, you, we, you wouldn't think as much as my job is to, hey, you know, try to get the best tires made, you know, best performing tires, right. et cetera, testing, development. Uh, but we also have to consider, you know, what the cost of natural rubber is, what's the cost of oil, yeah. uh, you know, what the dollar. Things people don't really think yeah, about. Yeah, the dollar, <laughs> the dollar devaluation is hurt. You know, the budget that I'm in charge of, mm-hmm. the dollar devaluation has hurt more than any single thing. I mean, what the dollar used to be able to buy in, 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 in Japanese yen versus what it buys today mm-hmm. is, you know, 25, 30% less oh, in, in yeah. a couple year period of time. Uh, that hurts a lot, and uh, so trying to trying to stretch the budget and help as many of the teams as uh, mm-hmm. as we can because, to me, I mean, Dunlop is you know been been here for 35 years supporting the paddock, and you know the more teams we can help, the better because we need to keep the health. The, you know, yeah. we feel very responsible or a, a part of the system to keep the sport as healthy as we can during any downtimes. A uh, technical question for you. Ryan Villapoto switched to the 2012 Cali 450, ripped off five out of eight moto wins. Definitely a credit to his uh, to the machine, I think. Uh, what changed tire-wise for him? Anything at all? Um, did, did, you know, new frame, he credited a new frame, but how did that affect you guys? Did you have to do a little more R&D with that bike, or was it same old, same old? You know, that was an easy switch for us, yeah. which is funny because um, – it, it, it's been interesting, you know, and I think I've mentioned this before. When other riders have maybe switched from brand, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, a rider, a, a, a high status, let's say a Chad Reed, for instance, he had a tire that he ran on the Kawasaki that that was his best tire on the Kawasaki, and then when he switched to the Honda, that no longer was his favorite tire, right. and not even, you know, and it's not even his number two tire. He switched to other tires, so the bikes do make a big difference. Mm-hmm. But Ryan uh, Villapoto has been. He's been exceptionally easy. I think he gets comfortable with a setup, and, and, and to his credit, he kind of sticks with that, and he doesn't. He has no surprises anywhere. Mm-hmm. He does switch around here and there if the tire, if the track gets real hard. Yeah. He'll run a more hard pack tire. But Ryan and 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 the funny part about this is that the Pro Circuit team is another Kawasaki team that tends to run pretty much the same front tire as Ryan. So maybe it's a Kawasaki yeah. and they end up a lot on the MX-51 and it's a standard tire and a standard pattern, standard size and everything, mm-hmm. which is, 
Uh, it's interesting that our MX-51 right. works real well on the Kawasaki. Is it just me, or did the 90 front tire lose its popularity? Still, still used, but did it, you know, for a few years there, it was uh, 90 or nothing else, sidewall height. Uh, is it just me, or did, does that seem to be coming back down? Um, no, it's, uh, that was true. The tracks have also changed, oh, okay. and this is the interesting part. That the tracks have changed a lot. The 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 teams, or the, excuse me, the the team that puts together Dirtworks and the and the particularly in the Supercross, we have a lot less pure hard pack tracks. I mean, we used to even have more hard pack tracks in the in the in the Midwest and mm -hmm. maybe in Indianapolis or a, Atlanta or something. Right. But they've learned to groom and to have and prepare the tracks better. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some of it's because it's a single day format. You know, the last four right. or five years. Uh, where they used to Good run, point. Yeah, they used less, to run less practice, time. Yeah. less time on the track, but they spend a little more time grooming, and, and they've learned to, uh, we, you know, we might have a corner or two that's real slippery, mm -hmm. but we have a lot less of those really baked Anaheim-style tracks, yeah. or, uh, you know, and also we have one less Anaheim. Uh, Again, like even Las Vegas, Las Vegas is probably by far the most extreme. But, yep. but other than that, we have a lot less. So people are running a lot more intermediate style mm -hmm. tires than the, the days where we spent so much time developing hard pack tires. Yet in the consumer's world, you know, it's only a 10 percent or so yeah, of yeah. the market share. Right. But in the professional Supercross, it used to be the majority of the tires were red were hard pack Supercross yep. tires. But anymore, yeah, it's, 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 it's shifted more towards intermediates. Uh, what's the one piece of advice you'd give people listening to this about their tires? Uh, air pressure, setup, compound, um, model of model of tire. One piece of advice that you see people, you know, that you would give somebody, local racer, you know, buying Dunlops. Well, for one, check your tire pressure a lot. Yeah. I mean, tire you know, tubes, particularly natural rubber tubes, you know, they do a lot of leak down. I mean, eventually yeah. just... Uh, and so, and don't be afraid to try different tire pressures. Uh, when you were talking about the 90-100s versus, mm -hmm. you know, the front tires, the 90s were very popular. And as they go more and more, then we've, we've been developing some 90-90s, which is kind of like an in-betweener. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some 80-100s, uh, you know, 8100 tends to turn a little more quickly, but it has less uh, footprint on yep. the ground. Uh, you know, I had a, one of our top riders here. He's a 90-100 guy, yep. and he likes 90-100s a lot. And he asked, hey, listen, it's super tacky in the track here at Bercy. Uh, you know, maybe kind of getting a little bit too much stick in the front. Is mm -hmm. there, you know, you know, would you have any 8100 tires? I said, well, I didn't bring any tires here. You guys, yeah. you know. They like, I'm here for JT. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, but <laughs> they also knew, we told them way in advance, yeah. we're not going to have tire service here. And so they knew to ship their own bikes and yeah. parts and tires. But I, I just said, hey, you increase the tire pressure. Yeah. You know, yeah. increase the tire yeah. pressure. It won't squish down as much. You won't have as heavy of a feel. Mm -hmm. It'll round out the carcass a little bit. So, if, did it work better? Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. was like, "Oh, okay, that's." Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And right. so, don't be afraid to try and, and try different setups. And the other thing is too, I think for us, we have a really good that MX seventy one front tires are really good tire. It works much further into the intermediate. It's a hard pack design, but it works further into the intermediate than any of our other previous hard pack tires. And so that's why a guy like Orion Dungey will run that. I mean, he ran it the motocross nations when it was raining even yeah. because he knows it works well even in intermediate conditions right. and uh i would say mix don't be afraid to mix and match we have a lot of guys even at the pro level who run like an mx51 rear intermediate mm -hmm. and he'll they'll run the 71 front so don't be afraid to mix and match between uh, hard you know different 
you know, right, you don't right. have to always run an intermediate, intermediate, or a hard pack, hard pack. Right. You know, you can have uh, a mix and match front and rear. Cool. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thank you. Paris Bercy here uh, with Ron Lachine, JT's newest signee, Ron Lachine. Uh, I guess, uh, first of all, let's touch on Bercy. Is first time back since you raced? Yeah, first time back since uh, I think 1996 uh, was the last time I rode here. Uh, oh, you were retired and still coming here? Yeah, I was uh, racing a lot of European Supercross mm -hmm. stuff, German Supercross series. Uh, I think I'd gotten uh, my last win in Ghent. Okay. Uh, and that after that, they they were like, man, maybe come back and do Bercy one more time. So I got invited back, and uh, that was the last time I rode it. Uh, memories about here? Memories from here? Just yeah, a lot of good memories. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple bad ones. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple big crashes here. The first year I came here, uh, Rick Johnson landed on my back and knocked me out, and I woke up in the hospital with all these French guys talking around really? me and stuff. Yeah. So. That was kind of kind of bad, but uh, you know I've had some wins here, mm -hmm. and uh, it used to be uh, one of the biggest races to win. They had a really big cup, and yeah. kind of was a prestigious trophy, and uh, it's definitely one you wanted to win. Uh, you know, you, all you legends are here for JT Racing Legends, and uh, you got a good, good amount of applause. Not as big as JMB, yeah, but the fans still, uh, yeah. still seem to remember. So. No, I'm super stoked. Like I said, coming back over, I was in Belgium a couple weeks ago, and now I'm here in France, uh, and it just it's really cool to see some of the French people that I haven't seen fans you recognize them yeah people that yeah. work around in the industry here in, in uh, Europe and mm -hmm. that, that were still there you know when I was racing and they're still here yeah. doing it and uh, it's really cool to see some of those faces again you want some nights here never the overall though never the king but you've no, won some nights no never the king and I think I really only have one overall night win that was in 88 mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's being such a small stadium like an arena cross and the start being yeah. so critical it, it's pretty tough to uh, put three nights together you yeah. know even yeah. if you're the fastest guy I mean you just just something always seems to happen or get caught up in the first turn or you know it's uh right. and we used to not run out of the stadium so it was a little bit smaller even then back in the day uh now uh brock was saying something about an incident with you and rj was that what he was talking about or was there uh, something the tunnels too no i never well <laughs> maybe in 96 i raced here and and i think i even raced here maybe 93 but i don't ever remember i think in 96 they were going through the tunnels but yeah, I yeah. would imagine that's probably the incident. I've seen a lot of photos of it, and, and I think Rick Rick was actually honestly scared, and, uh, you know, it was a yellow flag incident, and oh, I didn't yeah, jump yeah. the double, and he jumped it, and, uh, yeah. you know, he says he stepped off and pushed me out of the way so that he didn't land on me, but as him pushing me, it just sent me into the face of the jump even harder, so that's what uh, knocked me out, and, uh, you know, like yeah. I said, it was uh, it is what it is, a racing incident, and right. uh, no hard feelings. Um, Talk about JT a little bit. Uh, they obviously when they re relaunched, first time you heard that they were coming back. What were your thoughts like? Huh? What? Or yeah, I was pretty surprised. Um, you know, I heard about it uh, probably over a year and a half ago, two years ago, really early in the stages and. Uh, obviously, I was interested, but some of the stuff that I saw was a little skeptical for me at that time, being with Troy Lee for so long. And um, it was going to take something pretty special to get me mm -hmm. away from Troy. I, I don't just jump ship for nothing, but, you know, being a longtime JT rider back in the day yeah. and seeing kind of what their vision was and, and their dedication to the brand and, um, and, and also bringing back and hanging out with these guys again, all yeah. these past legends. It's just a really cool group of guys, and it's it's something special. So and uh, and you're still riding a lot, and, yeah. and so the stuff works. You like Hell it? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been running in it all year now, and uh, yeah, the pants are really nice, super comfortable. Mm -hmm. The jerseys are nice and vented, and uh, yeah, the stuff works great. I've been I've been motoring in it for a while, and it seems to be holding up really good. So well, I'm stoked. Went to a press conference yesterday to, to introduce it. Dalmatians coming out. 
which you you pioneered in '89. Yeah, yeah, they have some new uh, some new designs and some new gear coming out here for the fall, and they're also talking about a Dalmatian line. So super stoked on that to maybe have another gear uh, yeah. line under my name again. You know, 25 years <laughs> yeah. later, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah like who would ever thought, right? Like yeah. I mean, you, when it, you retired, you're like, yeah. it's cool. It, it's yeah, good. even even just signing autographs like we did today, the last couple of days, and being out in front of the fans right. and you know on center stage again, it's pretty cool. What was the weirdest thing a fan said to you in your three days here? Um, like anything, anybody come up, any old helmets or jerseys or anything? Uh, like? you no, know, I would. I was hoping to find my helmet. That the night I did win here in '88, somebody I set my helmet down and it was just gone. Oh like yeah, in yeah, two seconds, and <laughs> I was hoping the guy would like show up to have me sign it or something. I'd steal it back. Take it back. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Uh, and then, uh, how's things at Maxima? That's your real job. Yeah, uh, yeah Maxima no, Wars. Maxima's doing really well. Um, as you know, we've won four of the five championships this year yeah. um, with the Pro Circuit guys and Villapoto. So we've had a really good run the last few years. Um, we're just looking to keep extending that on through yeah. the years, and uh, we're about ready to launch into the automotive line. So that's something new. And we also are doing the the Pro Filter line. So the filters are doing really well, and Maxima's growing. And geez, and, dude, between uh, the dealer shows for Maxima. The Belgium Supermoto race, this thing, JT. Yeah, you're things, back on the road. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's almost over. I was thinking before the Belgium thing, like, wow, a couple couple long trips to Europe, yeah. and now here I am sitting Sunday. I'm ready to go home again tomorrow. So right. time's flying, and uh, and I can't can't. Uh, can't deny I'm having a great time. Yeah, uh, how'd the Belgium Supermoto thing go? You're not a big Supermoto guy, but... Yeah, I didn't have a lot of experience yeah. going in. I tried to get a couple rides in before I went, but I really never got a chance to ride one of the Supermoto bikes in the dirt. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, my expectations were low, and I, I kind of let them know that I was uh, pretty much a beginner at it. But... Yeah. Uh, it rained three days in a row, and I think that actually took a little bit of the pressure off too, because it was going to be a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I'd probably do a little better in the mud than maybe some of the road race guys and yeah. stuff. And uh, I actually went down in my uh, in the star biker class, which was my race. I, I went down the first lap in the dirt and lost my goggles, and I couldn't get the bike started, so I didn't have a real good finish in that. But I came back in the super final and started pretty far in the back, and uh, I finished three places behind Jeff Ward yeah. and ended up beating Ben Bostrom, so I was pretty stoked Yeah, Ward, you said you caught on quick. He was impressed. I yeah. was asking him about it. I yeah, <laughs> I actually found some lines the last one and just put right. my head down, kept my goggles on, which was a big thing, and like I said, it was just raining for three right. days straight, so it was a, it was a pretty uh, uh, amazing experience. Last question. When you've been motoring a lot, uh, I've, I've heard from guys at Test Tracks, you're still riding good. What, do, what have you lost, or what do you notice like you, you don't have anymore? Or, I mean, obviously um, you lost a lot of weight, you, so that helps, but like, I guess what just, do you think? Just the, the one thing I would say is maybe I'm think about what I'm doing a little oh, more. Yeah, Back yeah. in the day, I would just go out, and if there was some jump that, that I thought could be done or, yeah. you know, I was the first one to try it, and, uh, you know, I would just risk a lot more than I will now. I try to take it a little, you know, step yeah. back a little bit. Now you're like, i got to work. Get comfortable, <laughs> yeah, and I really don't want to get hurt. I mean, it's I, I don't like to ride slow. I like to push myself, mm -hmm. but I, on the other hand, yeah. i, I got to go to work on Monday, and I want to try to stay safe and, and yeah. be able to play golf uh, after I'm done riding and fishing. So Yeah, cool. Well, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate right. it. And, uh, yeah, good job on everything. Thanks, bud. Good to see you.